We are going to be live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And folks, we have an amazing guest on tonight's show. And as you all know, I have great respect for people who work on helping the greater good, the community of souls that we all represent. I also love the spirit of people that tackle things head on. And when you add that to the facilitation of transformational healing and doing it all inside the nature of, um, you know, the, the world that we live in and nature is the backdrop. Uh, and in fact, it's a huge part of the process here, nature I'm in and it's exactly what is needed. And, uh, I'm really appreciative of what they're doing. Their organization has hosted over 300 events around the United States and they have grown a community that includes folks from all over the world, people from India, Bangladesh, Ecuador, Malaysia, Nigeria, Uganda, and Chesnia, just to name a few. Uh, there is so much more to discuss and explain, which is exactly why our guest is here. I'm super excited to have her on the show. So without any further delay, please give a warm, no outlet welcome to Sydney Williams from Hiking My Feelings. Hey, Sydney. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. I'm dancing. I'm making my entrance. <laughs> Love that crowd. Oh, they're so they're so pumped up. They're they're happy you're here. I'm happy you're here. Thank you so much. We're gonna play a game called Twenty Questions, and it always starts the exact same place, and that's question number one. And I I need to get this question that everybody here in the audience and listening at home is thinking, and that is, what's it like being married to the one and only Greg Brady? Oh man. I tell you what, my life is a roller coaster of red carpet, UNH memories, and uh, just total debauchery at times, to be honest. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I expected. Um, all right. So question number two, um, what are your thoughts on interdimensional beings? Um, I am one. So what oh, do you want to know? Yeah. I want to know how it is I get to the other side. How do I? How do I become like on this side and then become an interdimensional traveler. Is there a secret? Um, how do you know that you aren't already? Oh my goodness, folks. I'm getting my mind blown and we're on question number two. That, that is, that is a fair, <laughs> fair question. Um, okay. So let, let's talk about, let's talk about hiking my feelings. You've started an organization that I really respect and admire. I spent the last few weeks, um, you know, watching your videos and catching up with you on Instagram. Um, what can you tell, uh, our listening audience, the people here in the studio about hiking my feelings. I, I love the idea uh, so much, and I don't want you to try to explain it to, to everyone listening. Well, Ethan, how much time do you have? Because I've got the hour-long version of this story. I've got the five-second version of this story. I can talk about this so I'm blue in the face because this is my life's work, and I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, let, let's go somewhere between five seconds and hour. Okay, perfect. Okay. Between five seconds and an hour. Yeah. Um, so hiking my feelings was, it started as a mountaintop idea. Like I was uh, diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in 2017. I was living the dream, checking all the boxes of adulting with a capital A. I had a cushy corporate job, sweet benefit, got a brand new car, I'm married to Greg Brady. Like what else do you need? Um, so I'm sitting here and I was trying to just navigate life with a chronic illness at 32 years old when I was diagnosed, which mm. made no sense to me whatsoever. Um, so as a function of learning how to manage diabetes, I started walking around my neighborhood when that got to be too easy. I started hiking 
And in the context of diabetes management, stress was the factor that I just couldn't get under control. I figured out how to stop eating like a 12 year old boy. I <laughs> <laughs> tell me how <laughs> um, less, frozen, less frozen pizzas and sour gummy worms and a little bit more vegetables. Got it. Um, and then, you know, I was taking medications as prescribed. I was doing the walking and then eventually hiking. Um, but the stress is just something that I couldn't get under control. So I quit my corporate job to join my friend's startup. <laughs> super cute, super smart choice. Um, for, for the listeners out there, if you're unaware, joining a startup is not a stress-free adventure. It is, a, it is a life that you choose. It is rugged. It is unpredictable. And there was a good two weeks um, in my role as chief marketing officer of a young and hungry company. Wow. Um, we were trying to raise a million dollars for our seed round, trying to get investors so we could expand the operation. And I had panic attacks at least once a day, if not twice a day for two weeks. And I was like, I can't live like this. Oh so God. I left my awesome corporate job to try to reduce my stress by joining my friend's startup. Now, to be fair, I knew that joining a startup wasn't going to be a stress reducer. I've watched Silicon Valley. I know how this goes. But right. I, I was really passionate and am really passionate about women's empowerment, social justice, things like that. And this organization, the startup was moving into that space. And I was like, okay, if I give a shit about what we're doing, maybe the stress will be worth it. It wasn't. And I quit that job after 95 days. So hmm. now we're back on this mountaintop where this idea happened. I was hiking to the top of this mountain in San Diego. and it's called Cushy Pie, which is the Kumie name for the mountain. Us white folks call it Stonewall Peak. Um, but I got up there and I was like, oh my God, this hike is bullshit. I was promised 360 degree views of San Diego County from Tijuana all the way up to Carlsbad, ocean in front of me, desert behind me. And it was socked in. I could barely see my hand in front of my face. And I was like, well, this isn't what I expected. But it was also the opportunity for me to learn my first lesson from Mother Nature, being that even when there's not a view available, there is still a lesson to be learned and there is still good to come of these kinds of adventures. So I'm up there. I had big plans of being an Instagram influencer. You're welcome. I was like, I'm going to be the next nature goddess on the Internet and people are going to love my stuff and I will build the audience that I need to satisfy the publishing industry's desire for me to come with an audience instead of them marketing my book like yeah. they should. So I'm up there and I'm like, there's no view. I'm not going to like show people this foggy day. This is crap. So in the absence of trying to be an influencer and being totally gross and disgusting on top of a mountain, I had the opportunity to reflect. And what I felt was deep peace. Like, I don't know if you're into yoga, Ethan, but at the end of class, they tell you to lay down and close your eyes. Yeah. I fall asleep at that part. And that's like nap time that I'm like choosing to do. And that's how I fall on top of this mountain. And it makes no sense. I just quit two jobs in the span of five months. I'm a newly diagnosed, now uninsured diabetic. My husband, Greg Brady, was working at a dispensary part time. Like he wasn't making a whole lot of money. I was the breadwinner and I wasn't baking any bread. Right. Why am I so calm? This makes zero sense. And so I re like this whole thing started as just this simple understanding that in the context of my diabetes management, I was no longer eating and drinking my feelings because I decided mm. after quitting jobs and learning how to manage diabetes that I was going to funnel all my people pleasing tendencies into being the best diabetes patient my doctors ever had. Wow. So I wasn't eating and drinking my feelings. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm hiking my feelings. And then my marketing brain kicks in. So I'm like, yay, yay, cool coping mechanisms, way to swap them out, go you. Also, 
is this URL available? Is anybody using this hashtag? Like, can I get this Instagram account? And everything was wide open. So it started as just a container for me to understand how I was processing in the absence of drinking a bottle of wine to myself at night or eating Ben and Jerry's for breakfast. Right. Wow. You know what? I, I fucking love that story. I'm so glad I asked you to explain it because I knew part of that, but I didn't know all of it. And I just love the idea so much. It's, you know, when I was thinking about it and trying to figure out the whole thing, it's like when I think about going hiking, it's hiking is, it can be partially like, you know, meditation because you're kind of just doing the same thing and it's, the surroundings are beautiful and you almost get on autopilot. And that's when, you know, meditation's not easy when you're sitting down by yourself. And I, I feel sometimes like you, the best way to meditate is sometimes to do something. And I think hiking is a oh, great yeah. way to do that. Um, and it's physical, you know, so that's always a good thing, getting the blood pumping. You know, it's probably somewhat, you know, self-therapeutic because you're like, you know, churning through stuff in your brain consciously, subconsciously. Um, I just think it's such a cool idea. And I would encourage everybody out there to go check out her YouTube page or Instagram page. Thank you so much. You, so question number four, you know, through Hiking My Feelings, you've traveled to so many amazing places. I was getting uber jealous looking at all the different places you've been. Grand Canyon, Mount Rainier, Grand Teton, Yosemite. That's just a few um, you know, so I could go on and on, but I mean, it's a truly impressive list and it's probably a list that's many made up of many people's, you know, bucket lists, but of all those places that you've been, what was the one place, if you could pick one place for our whole audience and recommend go see this, right? Even for people that aren't big in the outdoors, they don't do a lot of traveling, but if you could just say, Hey, of all the places I've seen, you got to check this out. What would that place be? Oh, this is unfair. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm going to honor the request because normally I would break this down into categories. I would go into a whole spiel about our inner and outer <laughs> wilderness and how to manifest them both. Um, but for the sake of this conversation, because this is near and dear to my heart right now, I would say get out to Sequoia National Park and see the General Sherman tree and the giant of the, uh, the forest of the giants. Yeah. This tree is 2,000 years old. Wow. It's 300 plus feet tall. And over the last two years, I'm, as I'm sure you, everybody is aware, the wildfires in California are, are basically year-round now. Mm. And over the last two years, we have lost 15 to 20% of the global population of sequoia trees. Jesus, that's horrifying. So get out there and see them. Yeah. See them while we can. Because like, to be able to see a tree that is 2,000 years old, I mean, think about how many generations of humans have lived in the shadow of those trees. Like what is the cultural significance for the people that occupy that land before we got there? Like that's the stuff that these, I mean, I don't want to sound like a total hippie, but yes, I do go hug the thing. Like it is, it is a spiritual experience to stand amongst something that makes you feel so small. And it puts our entire life as humans, and how we're just desecrating this planet into context. Yeah, and I'll sound like a hippie right with you. I mean, imagine the energy that that tree has taken in. Like, imagine everything that's happened around that tree for those 2,000 years. It's it's truly mind-boggling. It's like, you know, people don't think about, you know, the, the context of it, but um, it's just, if not more important than any animal you can name that's endangered. So I, I like that choice. Go see. Yeah. Go see that. Uh, and I just want to go back one second and point out that I love the fact that you're starting this on your own. My, uh, not that it matters too much, but I, I have to give a shout out to my mom whenever I can. My mom ran her own business for 30 years after quitting a factory job 
and did amazing. My daughter is now running her own cold press juice business. So I am a, a huge proponent of female run businesses. So I love it. Um, how many, yeah. yeah. How many national parks have you been to? Last count was, so our first tour, like our first tour in 2019, we, uh, we met to 12 and wow. I think, um, and that's just national parks, like in the national park service, that's like the monuments, the grasslands, the national forest, national parks. There's over 400 nationally protected areas of wilderness in the United States. Mm-hmm. So of the national park side, I think we've been, I don't think we hit any new ones on our tour last year. So I, I think it's still at like 12 or 13. That's a good number. And, and is there, I, I know this is another unfair question. There's going to be a series of them. So I apologize right now, but do you have a favorite one out of the 12? All right. Every other national park, muffle your ears. Grand Teton, I love you and I'm your ride or die. Okay. I'm circling that right here. <laughs> I like that. All right. And, and what is, so um, you've been to a lot of places. I'm sure you've got some stuff planned. What is your next destination that you're going to be traveling to? Well, aside from traveling back home to San Diego from Maine mm-hmm. next week, our first destination is returning to the scene of the crime. And by the crime, I mean the inspiration. So our first stop once we get back home is we're hosting a hike where hiking my feelings began. As far as going somewhere outside of like the area that we live, um, we have a retreat coming up on Catalina Island that is in partnership with oh, our sweet. friends Kaleo and Melanie Wassman. Very cool. That's awesome. Now, yeah. do you have, so obviously you said, you know, right now you're in Maine, going back to Cali, you're going back to where it began. I love that. Do you have anything, you know, that's on the whiteboard of your mind that's like a big, huge trip that might take a little bit more planning, but you're like, it's in my sights and I'm going to go there? Yeah. And the cool thing about what we've done is in the, in the spirit of learning how to manage diabetes, when I started hiking and I realized that hiking was the most efficient way for me to one, manage my physical health, but also to your point earlier, hiking is a moving meditation for me. So this Mm. is also really good for my mental health. Um, We built a life around hiking so I can manage diabetes and not be concerned about whether or not I have insurance or whether or not we can afford medication. Like if I can live a whole happy, healthy life, those are less of a concern. Um, So we've built a life around hiking. And when it comes to these kinds of plans, anywhere we want to go, we just figure out how to go host an event there. Um, So our next, like when it comes to like big trips that require planning, that's usually more on the backpacking side of things. At this point, we've scouted all the parks that we want to go host an event at. We've done multiple hikes in the big parks that we want to go work with. Um, So really the planning is more on our personal adventure side and to answer that question, um, we're planning a big backpacking trip through Sequoia Kings Canyon for this summer. Nice. God, that, that sounds so fun. I, I, I'm just like, now I'm thinking to myself, all right, how can I quit my corporate job and do something like that? Um, <laughs> bravery. It's bravery, folks. Um, so what are your thoughts on the fourth dentist that does not recommend sugar-free gum for their patients that chew gum? You know, I've always actually wondered what the fourth dentist does recommend, because if it's not sugar-free gum, what is it? Like, are we rubbing crack on our gums? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> right. So I, the, the two best answers I've ever got to that question were, you know, number one, someone said, well, I, I, I always felt like the fourth dentist was like, hey, you know what? If you're going to chew gum, I, you shouldn't. But if you're going to, you might as well just 
chew the sugar gum. And, and I always felt like, you know, the reason why he was just trying to, you know, get more work. Like, yeah, go ahead and sh- bub- hubba bubba, bubblicious. Go for it. Sleep with it. Go go to bed and just line your gum line with, with sugared gum. With big leaf chew. Yes, big, get big, it, big leaf chew. Oh, my God. What an evil, evil product that is. It's like how to get kids hooked on chewing tobacco without them even realizing it. Unbelievable. Um, all right. What is your favorite meal to cook? On or off the trail? Oh, good question. I actually have written down here at home, so let's say off trail. Okay, off trail. Uh, off trail, favorite meal to cook in a house, because here's the thing. We're in the van. We've got, uh, we live in a van full time when we're not like cabin sitting, yep. um, and we have a whole slew of things that we like to make, one of which, Barry makes the most banging breakfast bowls you've mm-hmm. ever had in your life, and sometimes he lets me help with that, but in the van, the kitchen is small, but before living in a van, when we had space to spread out, like that's one of the things that Greg Brady and I love doing together. And my favorite meal to cook. And the one that is probably most satisfying is actually in a bowl in front of my face right now. I found the most banging like Chinese garlic sauce recipe. You put it on anything. You'll never have to go to a Chinese restaurant ever again. Like it is so good. And you can do it with veggies. You can do it with meat. If you're into that, throw over some rice, like, I'm on, we, we've been on a stir fry with this garlic Chinese sauce oh for like God. two weeks. Yes. That is my flavor, like home run right there. I, I love that flavor. <laughs> and, and there's, and the thing is, if you do it right, you can do it right and not have, you know, a bunch of junk in there. And by the way, berries, breakfast bowls, I think there's something there. Uh, yeah. Well, do you there. want to, do you want me to give you a spoiler? Yeah, I do. Barry's dream life. Ready? He I'm wants ready. to open a restaurant. Barry's burritos, burros, burgers, and churros. Because you know, why not? <laughs> That's right. Throw a C in there. Throw a C. Yeah, in there. That's he awesome. makes. Yeah, but he makes the best breakfast burrito you've ever had in your life. And in the absence of a tortilla, throw it in a bowl, and you'll be a happy, happy man. I love that. I love that. All right. So this is a favorite question of mine. And while I ask it a lot, I feel like you might have maybe the best perspective to give a cool answer. Um, in all your travels, no, no, no pressure at all. Uh, in all your travels across the U S every place else you've gone, how many UFOs have you seen? Can I answer that question with a story or are you just looking for an answer? Oh no, I love stories. Okay, great. So there we were great basin national park, middle of nowhere, Nevada, absolute, just like the drive out there, nothing, the drive out of there, nothing. So we're sitting there. We are the only people in this campground on the uh, east side of the park coming in from uh, like Colorado from that, like that kind of route on the east side of the park. It's a first come first serve campground. This was probably April, I think 2019. And we're sitting there and it is pitch black. We are the only people. This park is in the middle of nowhere. This campground is in the middle of nowhere. New moon, clear sky. So we're sitting there and we're like just chatting about all the epic adventures we've had so far. And we see a flash and we're like, huh. Now, for those that don't know, my husband and I met skydiving. He was a professional skydiver for 17 years. Okay. He taught me how to jump out of planes. That's how we connected. Wow. We know what airplanes sound like. We have spent years of our lives looking up at the sky, listening to airplane engines, listening to them stall, listening to them slow down so people can jump out of them. Like, yep. we know what airplanes sound like. This was not an airplane. It was one flash. We look at each other and we said, did you see that? 
and then clear across the sky. Like I can't, without us being on video, I can't demonstrate this, but just know I'm in a kitchen, sitting down, moving my arms, gesticulating wildly, <laughs> trying to illustrate how far across the sky. It. Yeah, yeah. So, so we see the first flash. We're like, did you see that? And then clear across the sky, we see the second flash. To this day, I cannot confirm or deny that we were not, in the span of those two flashes, abducted, tested, welcomed home to our motherland, and then sent back down to Earth to make a difference. Yeah. Wow. Okay. First of all, I love that story. I'm a firm believer. Now, I'm not, I, I think that there are both uh, vehicles from outside of our world, and also I believe that there are defense uh, weapons of war that have not yet been revealed. That to me sounds like the former, uh, and Nevada is the place to see it. I mean, that is where they have uh, congregated for years and years. And, uh, you know, earlier when I asked about interdimensional being, I, maybe maybe I touched on something there, and who knows, maybe you could be here to spread <laughs> the alien DNA a little bit further. Um, I love that answer, but I have to point out one thing. Okay, skydiving. So yeah. <clears throat> skydiving to me is one of those things where I like to believe that I'm up for anything, but I'm really not. Like I'm that's one thing like <clears throat> <laughs> bungee jumping, I'm not up for skydiving. I wouldn't do that. No way. And skydiving and I know a bunch of people that have that have done it. They love it. They call it a life-changing experience. Now, have you gone like are you one of those people that have done like five or six, 10 times or have you gone once? Oh, I've had, I have over 700 jumps. Holy smokes. That's the headline. Are you kidding me? Wow. Okay. So and my, my husband has 8,000. So like get psyched about me, but also holy <laughs> Barry Moses. has over 8,000 jumps. Um, one of my skydiving coaches has over 20,000 skydives. That is incredible. So there's a place in Alfred, Maine. Is that where he first went? Uh, he did his first jump at Skydive New England up in Lebanon. I'm sorry. That's right. That's what I meant. Lebanon, Maine. Right. Okay. Yeah. Those guys are pros there. That's incredible. Um, not to, I don't want to go too far down the skydive rabbit hole, but it's so interesting to me. Have you with your 700 jumps or him with his 8,000 ever had any kind of hairy, oh my God, my first shoot didn't pull. I've got to go to my reserve. Yep, I did. Very. So here's the thing. Statistically, this is not an uncommon occurrence. Like, I I don't know what the statistics are, so I won't bore you with like making up numbers. But my husband, 8,000 jumps, never had a reserve ride. That is unheard of because it is common for your main parachute to malfunction. Now, for my story, mine happened on my 13th jump. So I'm sitting here. Mm -hmm. Getting ready to go up on a coach jump. So I'm wearing my own equipment. I've cleared student status but i'm not a licensed skydiver yet so you jump with another coach they teach you some skills so the skydive goes great he filmed it and so like he watches me deploy my parachute and i open it up and it looks like a bow tie like it's just twisted on the middle and that's not that's not that's not good yeah so it looks like a bow tie which is called a line over malfunction where the one of the lines on the parachute goes over the fabric and then it starts spinning and so i'm like and i have this on video so like I'm under this thing, and I'm like, this ain't wow. right. Good thing Barry was an excellent instructor. I knew exactly what to do. I saved my own life, just like I was taught. And I got back down, and I was like, uh, whoa. <laughs> like, I, I, I could have died. And I was like, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> the most amazing thing. Then, <laughs> go ahead. Keep going. Well, so, like, I was like, I did it. And then I, like, proceeded to go to the bathroom and cry a little bit. Because, like, oh, my God, I almost died. <laughs> 
Yeah. And then I was like, and then like the reality starts to set in. Cause like you land and like part of the culture is like when you land from a malfunction, everybody comes out there like first they want to make sure you're safe and you're not like losing yourself. But then they're like, so what'd you do? And they like, and they, they rib you a little bit, especially as a woman in the sport, there's only like 6% of the sport is women. And so like, it's a whole bunch of dudes coming up, like some are condescending asking what I did wrong. Cause of course it was my fault. Um, and then others were like pointing out how I could have done things better, even though they weren't on the jump and they didn't know I had a malfunction until I landed. So that's Good cute. Lord. But then the, like the fear kind of started to set in and I was like, Oh my God, like that was really scary. Am I willing to take that risk again? Because it, it can just happen. Like I didn't do anything wrong. Somebody packed it improperly. Like this wasn't something I did. And so I did all, one of my other instructors was just like, go get back on the horse. And he like, he manifested me for the next lift and I got a parachute on and I jumped out and I kept jumping for another four years after that. Unbelievable. So first of all, you should be able to skip over your 13th jump, just like the elevator, right? There's no 13th floor. 1000%. There shouldn't be a 13th jump. You go right to 14. And the, the, to me, the most incredible part about that story is that you then jumped another 687 times after that. (laughs) That is truly amazing. Yes. Nice job. All right. (laughs) So yes. What is something that you have learned about your fellow Americans that you did not know before you started embarking on this journey across our our land? We are all so much more alike than we are different. Oh, I love that. And yeah. And this is a, I, I, who man, we could go all the way on this, but I'll say this. I, you know, I grew up uh, professionally in the marketing world and I used my skills of like communication and mm-hmm. storytelling and stuff to sell shit that people don't need, that they don't care about, that they, that is not making the world a better place. Isn't that the truth? And when I realized yeah. that, when I realized that was what was happening, like as I was transitioning out of my corporate job and deciding to go join my friend's startup, I was like beefing up my LinkedIn and I was like, everything on my resume that I'm bragging about ain't doing nothing for the world. And so I was like, I want to use my skills for good. And in doing so, I, as I started to unpack my journey and all my different intersections and all the different things that I live with, like I'm a survivor of sexual assault. April is sexual assault awareness month. Mm. One in three women will experience sexual violence in their lifetimes. One in six men Mm. will experience sexual violence in their lifetimes. That's not a club I want to be in but that's a whole lot of people. And those numbers are wildly low because it's so underreported. That's just on the ones that get reported. So in the context of diabetes, 122 million Americans live with some kind of diabetes, type one, type two, pre-diabetes, other types. Like in those two things that I have experienced personally, I have something in common. Every 63 seconds in America, or sorry, every 23 seconds in America, somebody is diagnosed with diabetes. I have something in common with somebody in this country every 23 seconds. Wow. How do we ignore that? That's incredible. I'll tell you. Yeah. We get told and sold a whole bunch of bullshit. (laughs) Not now. Right. Don't, don't, don't think about that. Look over here. We've got a a culotta for you. Um, Yeah. Come get this Tesla. (laughs) Right. Right. So first of all, thank you for sharing that uh, because I feel like the more people, um, talk about something like that, the more out in the open it is, the more out in the open it is, the better there is a possibility of healing. So thank you for that. And did you say 122 million people have diabetes? Did you say that? Yeah. So the breakdown wow. is about 30 million people have been diagnosed with type two. Uh, about 84 million people have been diagnosed uh, with prediabetes or are living pre-diabetic lives. 
and the and then type one is about a million people um and then the other the other types of diabetes like there's all different i think there's like seven or eight different types um and those kind of fill in the back end amongst the the rest of them but yeah 122 million americans are living with some kind of diabetes and unfortunately like you pointed out with pardon me with sexual assault i bet the numbers for for diabetes because of the poor health care in this country i bet those numbers are a lot higher than that too you know, I mean, I bet there's a lot of 100%. people walking around right now that have it and don't even realize it. They're just. Well, and, and that's know. one of the things that they say is like of the 84 million people that live with prediabetes, like 90 percent didn't know they had it. Mm. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, OK, <clears throat> let's let's uh, this is a little bit of a, of a 90 degree angle here from the last question, but. Uh, and, and I, I, you guys are traveling in a van, so you might, this might not apply to you and that's okay. Um, do you ever watch the wheel of fortune? Uh, I have. Yes. Have you seen it recently? No, I have not. Okay. So I'll just point out, I was going to ask the question, which is, have you noticed how much Pat Sajak has really started to become an asshole to the contestants and he's got this terrible attitude, but I'm just going to, instead oh, that's of, so bad. I know. And instead of asking the question, I'm just going to tell the listening uh, audience, Pat Sajak should be removed from TV. He is now openly ridiculing. Now look, will of fortune contestants clearly, we're not talking about the, the Mensa uh, group here, right? They, <laughs> they've, they've missed some, some layups, but at the same time, it's a game show, you know? I mean, Pat Sajak is just there to facilitate fun, and it seems like the more time goes on, the more he's just like, these guys aren't getting rid of me, and then he just starts ripping on the contestants in a pretty brutal and direct way to the point where... Is it fun or uncomfortable? You know, that's the thing, right? Because I feel like Alex Trebek used to do it perfectly on, the, on Jeopardy. Like, he would throw it in there so it would be, like, subtle and fun and almost not even noticeable, Pat Sajak. It was so dry. Exactly. Yeah. Pat Sajak to me is past the point of being fun and definitely to the point of being awkward and uncomfortable. And, and I won't stand for it. I just won't. Um, okay. uh, well, you know what? I'm going to stand with you and not standing for it. Thank I, I'm you. with you. In, There's so, two of in us. solidarity, I stand. Yes. <laughs> That's right. It's a cause worth fighting for. Get rid of Pat Sajak. Okay. <laughs> you know it. Uh, what is your favorite fruit? Favorite fruit? Uh, any kind of berry. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about that. Um, let's talk about raspberries. Let's talk about blueberries. And let's talk about blackberries. Rank them one, two, three. Black raspberries on the side of the trail in Michigan, Ooh. number one. Uh, blueberries in Tacoma, Washington. There's this 40-acre blueberry patch that's just open to the public and you just take gallon size Ziploc bags and go pick blueberries and stuff your face. Two for me, one for the bag. So black raspberries, blueberries, then blackberries and blackberries. And all of these things are great on the trail, but I'm curious. I'm going to throw one back at you. Have you had a salmon berry? I don't even know if I've ever heard of that. What's a salmon berry? It tastes a little bit like, um, like a raspberry mixed with something a little bit more mild, but it's the color of like salmon. So it's like an orangey pinky. Okay. Um, and most commonly found on the trail on the West coast. Um, we saw them a lot in Oregon and they are delicious. Oh, yum. Yeah. I'm a big fan of berries. I I think that they are sometimes, you know, looked over, uh, as a fruit. So I'm glad that you pointed them out. Uh, let's talk about music. What's your favorite type of music? Um, what is currently controversial in the Grammy scene, American reggae. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, and and let's continue down that uh, that vein. So, inside American reggae, what's the best live show you've ever seen in that genre, or for that matter, if you want to go outside that genre, go for it. Stick figure, hands down. Stick figure, I love that. So, have you ever heard of uh, Easy Star All Stars? Yeah. So I just fell in love with Radio Dread when it came out, and I just felt like it was such a masterpiece. And I got a chance to see them live in Portland, Maine, and their live show was even better than what they're putting out there. So many talented musicians, um, and I wanted to go to the – there was a, um, a reggae fest up in Vermont a few weeks ago. Maybe it was just last weekend. I didn't get to go, but um, Steel Pulse. Ooh. Have you ever seen Steel Pulse? I know they're not American. Yes, I saw, right? I, I, saw, I saw them at Red Rocks in 2019. Oh, my God. On 420. place to see them. <laughs> yeah, so it was I, dope. I saw them in 1991 in Agunquit, Maine at the Agunquit uh, Ballpark, and then I just saw them in 2019 in Portsmouth right before uh, COVID reared its ugly head. And um, I got to tell you, from from 91 to 2019, that's a long, long time, and they were just as good and just as impressive. And it, it's just, I love, I love music, and I feel like music can also be um, part of a healing mixture. Um, one hundred thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like the the three. If hiking my feelings narrowed it down to the three things that are like our favorite healing modalities, it's music, mindfulness, and movement. A hundred percent. Yeah, I love that. Um, all right. So <clears throat> I know that I, I tried to watch as many videos as I could uh, while I was pretending to work, um, but I, I couldn't see all of them. But I did notice that you had a couple of musical guests. I, I believe, and if I get this wrong, please correct me. But I think you have. Um, uh, something called a virtual uh, campfire. And I think on a yes. couple of them, you had some uh, musical guests. Do you have um, any one of those that's a, a favorite uh, appearance of a musical guest? Oh, gosh. I love all of them because yep. some of these folks have now turned into our friends. But I got to say, uh, shout out to my friend K Bong, who is the keyboardist in Stick Figure. He also has his own solo project. Um, and he is the artist that we go backpacking with. He is the artist that we're, you know, collaborating. One of the artists we're collaborating on retreats with. His lyrics are uplifting. His music is makes you just feel like you're on vacation. So even if you don't listen to lyrics, I know not everybody does. Yep. Um, the music itself just feels so, so nice. So uh, K-Bong has definitely been my favorite. But also, out of respect for a friend who is no longer on this planet, um, my friend Zion and I, who did not perform on the show, but was mm. like a rapper in Oakland, um, would have been my favorite performance if he had performed, but hands down some of my favorite conversations, especially if we're talking about interdimensional beings. Yes. All right. Well, shout out to K-Bong and to, I'm sorry, what was his name? The friend that Zion I. Zion I. Um, that's awesome. I love that. Uh, all right. Let's talk about art. So, um, Banksy. Okay. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two buckets to put Banksy in and you got to pick one of the two. All right. Banksy. Is he a genius art icon or is he a schlocky hack vandal? I haven't seen his work in person, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's an icon. I love that. Why not always give people the positive benefit of the doubt? 
And yeah, I, like I don't need, I don't need to shit on somebody's talent just because I don't possess it. <laughs> That's right, exactly. So here's what I'll say: I I, I haven't seen. Uh, I went to a, a show in Boston like a month ago where there was ninety or a hundred pieces of his work there. And oh wow, how was it? It was amazing. It was right in Harvard Square. I took my it was a, my Christmas present to my mom and my brother and my kids and, and my girlfriend. We all went down there and had a nice dinner um, and went to go see the Banksy show and and. None of us had seen his stuff live. Like you hear about the stories, like, you know, his picture that self-destructs after somebody buys it and all the different graffiti. <laughs> but this kind of walked you through from when he started as a graffiti art- artist all the way through to now. And some of this, the, the thing I like about him is he's 80% artist, 20% performance artist. Like he invited a bunch of uh, dignitaries to an art gallery opening with all of his work. <laughs> brought them all inside, closed the doors, and they released like 200 rats into the, uh, into the exhibit. You know, just he's I always... I am <clears throat> obsessed with those kinds of shenanigans. Yes, thank you. Me too. And I just... And that's one example of a million. And it's just like, instead of just putting something out there, he's putting something out there. He's prodding you. He's poking you. He's making you think. Like some of his... There's, there's a very moving, touching, horrifying, but like it makes you stop... There's a picture of that poor girl uh, in the Vietnam War who's running away from the napalm attacks. It's a very famous picture. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that poor girl, and then holding her hand is Ronald McDonald and Mickey Mouse. And it's like, I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it, right? Because it's like, you know, it's like these two symbols of American corporate greed and everything that we stand for, it juxtaposed with what we actually did to real human beings. And it's just... So, and, and that's, oh. and that's, that's the, and that's the piece of art. It's like, you, you don't have to think too hard about it to get the message. So I'm with you. Yeah. He's a genius. That's a, that's yeah. one for the books right there. Okay. Now, again, this is going to be a, a, a TV question, so it probably doesn't apply to you. Uh, and so I've got a, I've got an alternate question in case you don't, but do you have a, t- a favorite TV show right now? Oh my God, dude. Yes. Okay, All we do is watch TV. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, okay. Oh man. Um, narrowing it down because there are so many. Uh, I think my favorite right now is what about Pam on HBO? What about Pam? Never heard of it. I think it's on HBO. It might be on Hulu. Okay. But it's got Renee Zellweger and I've got some opinions about Renee Zellweger being in a fat suit versus hiring a fat actress. Like this is just dumb. Like, why do that when you could employ somebody who actually lives in that body and can portray that character, but it's fine. Um, She's absolutely brilliant in the role, but this woman, apparently it's based on a true story. And Pam is this Pam Hoff lady. And I won't give it, get into too many details, but think of the worst Karen you have ever met in your entire life and then double it and then triple it. This is the woman who befriended her next door neighbor. Is that the one? Oh, I've seen, I want to watch that. I, I haven't oh, had a chance it's so yet. good. It, I hate watch it. And not like how I hate watch the Bachelor series, but like I hate watch it <laughs> because I genuinely love it, but I hate her character uh, so much. Like I despise that woman. I just, oh, she just, she reminds me of every customer I ever had at the restaurant that thought mm. she was better than me because she was sitting down and I was standing up. Oh my God. Isn't that the truth? Well, I mean, and that's really a sign of great acting, right? When an actor can be in makeup, in costume, on set, cameras, uh, you know, in their face, 
cut, 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 what, 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 and then you watch it, and you're like, you really believe that's not Renee Zellweger. That is this psycho yeah. bitch who I can't stand. <laughs> and and yes. that that's that, that's the art of acting right there. Is being and that's why Renee that Zellweger has the role, because she can do that. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. Um, that's great. I'm going to check that out. I love it. And I don't know if you have Apple TV, but if you do, I highly recommend Severance. Um, with Adam Scott and, uh, it was, it's directed by Ben Stiller, John Turturro's in it. Um, and Roseanne Arquette, uh, no, I'm sorry, Patricia Arquette, her sister, who is one of the greatest actresses ever. Um, she's in it. It's amazing. So there we got some, you got some TV choices, people. You're you're ready for a while. Okay. Um, let's talk about the theme song on your YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Yes. Who who performed that? Did you write it? Like, tell me the story of that uh, of that song. So the song is by our dear friend Nicholas Dell, who we connected with through the virtual campfire. So the story of the virtual campfire, our show, was we were supposed to hike around Chicago in 2020 um, as part of my book tour and as part of this like this question, like, can you find healing in an urban? nature nearby nature situation or do you need to go all the way out into the back country mm-hmm. that got canceled but i'd already been promoting the date so i had 20 nights to fill and i was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go live for 20 nights for two hours this will be totally easy i won't be exhausted at all and um i lined it up like a tv show so i had like we'd go live for like forever and i needed uh, some more artists so we had like a whole bunch of like we asked all of our friends and then this woman was like do you know nicholas dell and i was like no and so he comes out and so he comes and he's like one of the first artists to come and record live. And I lost it. Like this mm. dude with an acoustic guitar and nothing else makes me want to just melt into the ground. Like his voice is so beautiful. His, his family was, a, he grew up in a barbershop quartet with his family. Oh, um, just like, and as a solo act, he's a looping artist. So he does everything himself. He plays all the instruments. He uses his mouth to make drums. Yes. Like, dude is so, so talented. So the story goes, we have him on the show. He comes and he uh, comes back and does another, like, acoustic session as part of a program that we're facilitating for Hiking My Feelings. And in the process, because this is during the pandemic, he was like, Sydney, I have been so disconnected from music since then. Like this is making me want to write again. It's making me want to sing again. Cause he's like a personal trainer and he does stuff. He's not full time with music yet. Um, but he was just like, I I've been like reinvigorated. Like, thank you for this opportunity. Like the work that you're doing by reintroducing me to what I love so, so much. Um, I, I just thank you. And then he like, a couple of weeks later, he like sent me a cut of a, of a, of a jingle that like, we didn't ask for, we didn't write. He just, he just took his own perspective on the work that we're doing and the vibe we're creating and wrote us a jingle. And so now we use it for our YouTube channel. That's amazing. I love that. And, I, you know, I would say it was probably at this point now, it's so weird to say it out loud, but I think it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago, when uh, I saw somebody do that looping thing and they have all these different pedals at their feet and it was one dude with a guitar. And, yeah. And he, and he, Isn't it? It's amazing. And the thing is, I had never seen anybody do it. And he didn't announce like, hey, I'm going to do this cool trick now and watch it. Here's what I'm going to do. He just started doing it. So he's making these weird noises. You're not sure what he's doing. And then he like taps his pedal. He'll do it again. And all of a sudden that first noise is in the background. And then by the time he's done, he's got this symphony of sounds and expressions and, you know, notes. And it's like, wow, that is so amazingly cool. And he's, you know, 
he's doing a lot and he's very hyper focused, but still it's just one guy and it sounds like yeah. it's a hundred. It's uh, it's really cool. Yeah. It's the coolest. So yeah. yeah. So shout out to Nicholas Dell. Thanks for the jingle. Thanks for being awesome. And his music, like he's got some, some great stuff on Spotify. He did an EP last year. He's working on another album that he's hoping to release this year. Um, it is just, it gets in your head, man. Like that, it's that, it's that catchy, like it's a barbershop quartet catch, like kind of vibe. Not, yeah. it doesn't sound like that. It doesn't, it's not that music is, it isn't that music, but like there's something catchy that like makes you stop right. when you hear that kind of music. And, and it's the same for his, he's just so talented. And I, he was playing acoustic at the, at the place where we were having him play yeah. and his girlfriend came and he starts singing this song that he like wrote for her. And I was oh like, excuse me, late. I was like, Lacey, is it like, are you kidding me? You have to listen to this all the time. Your life is so hard. <laughs> Go check out Nicholas Dell. Thank you. Um, that's yeah. right. D E L L. Is that correct? Correct. All right. Love it. Okay. Here is a ubiquitous, uh, deserted Island question for you. Okay. So here's what happens. You somehow you're hiking someplace and one of your ancestors from another dimension picks you up and inadvertently drops you on a deserted island. And lucky for you, this island has no predators, so you're fine there. Um, the only weird thing about it is you're only able to have uh, one musical artist. So you can have the catalog of one musical artist. You can have one food, uh, unlimited supplies, and there's plenty of water, so don't worry about that. And you can also have one TV show. But you've got to pick out of those three um when you're living on the island what are your three choices all right so we've got one artist one food one tv show you got it all right artist six figure love that one food burritos <laughs> that, that's great because it can be all three meals yep yeah exactly um, and then one TV show. Well, I've got the music that makes me feel good. I've got really comforting food. I'm going to go with something that has just tear jerked my eyes for the last 18 years of my life. And that is don't hate me. Don't judge me. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> is that still on TV? It is. Are you kidding me? So definitely no oh, judging. storyline. <laughs> well, I tell you what. It so... TV to me is like any other art form. It's like it's it's Dadaism. It's like if you get pleasure from it and you like it, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you yep. like a six dollar bottle of wine or a sixty. If you like Grey's Anatomy, then that's what you like. But I got to tell you, I thought that show has it been on for eighteen years. Yep, they're on season eighteen right now. Holy smokes! Well, hey, yep. good for them. Good for is, is that? Well, same? and I'll tell you. And yep. here's and here's why. Okay. Because this show has been there for me man like the when I first got introduced to it it was already a couple seasons in but mm. it was um my grandmother died in 2006 mm. and my parents were on a cruise when it happened or something like they weren't home I was home alone and I binge watched several seasons of Grey's Anatomy while I cried myself to sleep and so that show mm -hmm. has just been it's been there when when I have breakups they talk about breakups when I got injured, they talk about injuries. Like right. Grey's Anatomy gets me, and I'm so invested in that storyline and those characters at this point. They're like my, they, I feel like they're my actual friends sometimes, which is so so sad. No, no, no. You got to respect that. There's nothing wrong with that. All right, we're down to our last two questions, and the last question's the easiest one. So there's the second to last one right here. 
what are your thoughts on the power of manifestation? Um, my entire life that I'm living right now and everything that is good about it is because of the power of manifestation. Mm -hmm. So I'm a fan. Yeah, it is real. It is totally real. I'm with you. And, and just to get a little bit, uh, you know, hippy dippy for a second, I, I, you know, you think about like a fractal, right? So I really do believe this and don't come lock me up, you know, if the, if the mental board is listening to this, but I really believe that every single decision that you make, you are creating your next piece of uh, the world that we live in. Right. And there's uh, infinite possibilities of what that can be. And you are nothing but the way that you perceive the world. You're nothing but the way that you treat the world and people around you and all your choices. And I think, you know, people think about manifestation like, well, I'm wishing for a million dollars. It didn't come. That's not what it's about. You know, it's, it's not right. like wishing for uh, money to come to you per se. It's more about, Hey, this is the type of person I want to be. This is the life I want to live. This is the energy I want to put out there. You know, this is the end state of my being that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. And if you practice that and think about it, you absolutely 100% become it. I'm, I'm convinced. I mean, hiking my feelings, if nothing else, if, if we never help another person, if we never hike another step, hiking my feelings is proof that that is possible. This was an idea I had on the mountain mm. when I didn't get on Instagram to try to impress people. And now it's a book in a community that reaches people in however many different countries I can't even remember. We have books or we have programs, we have retreats. We've introduced thousands of people to the outdoors. The worst day of my life led to the best discovery of my life and has created everything that is good in the world right now in my world. I love it. It is a hundred percent real and true. I love that. I love that. All right. So here we are in the last question, as promised, the easiest one by far, uh, where can the folks in the studio audience and people listening learn, learn more about, uh, hiking my feelings. So we are, <clears throat> we are most active on Instagram. So we're at hiking my feelings on Instagram. Uh, we release new videos every week on YouTube. So you can find us on YouTube. And all of our events, retreats, all the information, all the backstory, how to get in with the community is all at hikingmyfeelings.org. Love it. Um, I wish you could see the studio audience. They're all standing on their feet. They're doing the wave. They've got big Hiking My Feelings flags that they're waving around. Um, they're, they're on their feet uh, for you. And, and, and Sydney, I want to say uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show uh, thank you to Greg Brady for allowing, uh, you know, the, 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 the wonder that is Sydney of Hiking My Feelings to be on. Um, say hi to him for me. And um, guys, please go check it out. It's a, it's a great idea. It's talk about, you know, taking something bad and turning it into a positive. There's a perfect example. Uh, go check her on Instagram, YouTube, every other place. And I wish you the absolute best, Sydney. Thanks again for being on the show. And, and I wish you all the best in travels back to California. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Have a great night.